Hi, welcome back to AR Zone. I'm your host, Carolyn Bailey. In this special series of interviews, AR Zone are delighted to be working with the Pollination Project to bring you the winners of this year's Lisa Shapiro Awards. These five hardworking advocates have been chosen from over 200 nominees from around the world by their peers as the five unsung vegan heroes for 2017. It's a great pleasure to introduce this year's winners of the Lisa Shapiro Award to you, but first we'd like to take a moment to remember Lisa Shapiro. Lisa epitomised the term unsung vegan hero. She was a quiet, humble advocate who spent her life advocating on behalf of others, never expecting any acknowledgement for her work. Not long after winning the award in 2014, Lisa was diagnosed with cancer and sadly she passed away in 2015. This award is one small way to honour and to remember Lisa and her work. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with another one of this year's winners, Suki Sargent. In the early 1990s, at the age of 55, Suki, a Mexican-born woman living in Texas and married to a hunter, made a life-changing choice to go vegan. She then went on to start the first animal advocacy group in El Paso, along with the Vegetarian Society of El Paso. The animal advocacy group Suki started had their first meeting in her home in September 1992. There were 11 attendees, plus two from a group across the border in Mexico. They organised a variety of campaigns. They protested the annual rattlesnake roundup in New Mexico. They freed a 125-year-old lobster and then sent him to Maine, where CNN was waiting to film his release into the sea. Suki's group has become a resource for people not only in Texas, but also in nearby New Mexico. They organise Thanksgiving events that hundreds of people attend every year. Suki, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to AR Zone and huge congratulations on being named one of this year's Unsung Vegan Heroes. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Suki, I'd like to start off today by asking you if you could please speak with our listeners about what it was that led you to becoming vegan and to becoming an advocate for other animals. Well, you... um told the audience that in, 19, in the late 1980s, my son Alex came home one day and announced that he was no longer eating meat and going to become a vegetarian. I really didn't argue with him and started learning how to prepare vegetarian food. Then this made me think and I wanted to learn more and join several animal rights groups and I started getting their newsletters. After reading them, I became vegetarian. But a particular issue of PETA, and I guess most people know what PETA is, that showed how the poultry industry cuts the beaks to the chickens as to avoid them killing each other. And also how the male chicks are ground up and thrown away because they are no good for the egg industry. Then I decided that I wasn't going to take part in such cruelty and became vegan. That was a year after I became vegetarian, maybe less than a year. But I kept on reading all kinds of books, and then I read Diet for New America, and I don't know if uh, you are um, acquainted with Diet for New America by John Robbins, the heir of the Baskin Robbins fortune. They became vegetarian, vegan, actually, and, and founded EarthSafe. Are you familiar with that? I'm familiar with the book. I haven't read the book, but I do know of then, the book's existence. After reading the book, I and learned that uh, we're not only killing ourselves eating the 
wrong kinds of food, uh, we're destroying the environment in the process. Then um, I couldn't do anything because I had a full-time job and a family, but I waited until I retired in 1991. And that's when I promised the animals uh, and myself that I was going to help them as much as I could, as long as I could. Thanks for that, Suki. That's a lovely story. Why do you think animal advocacy at this point is such an important part of your life? <laughs> I guess it's in my DNA because I have <laughs> never been cruel to non-human animal, nor can I witness any form of cruelty to anyone. For most of my life, meat tasted good, and like everyone else, I thought it was a necessary evil until I realized that it was an evil and not at all necessary. My son was the catalyst that made me realize that. The sad part is that when I thought that by telling friends and family, they will too will see the light and change, but it doesn't work that easy. People are very hard to change and didn't even want to learn about the issue and the cruelty. You know the response we always get. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Because if they learn, they can no longer claim ignorance and they don't want to feel guilty. For a long time, I was angry angry at the world because people didn't want to change, didn't even want to listen. But I thought anger is not going to help anybody. So that's why I decided to start the animal rights, the voice for all animals. And then in, in September of uh, 1992, actually 25 years ago this month, and then uh, the Vegetarian Society, when I realized that not all the animal rights people wanted to become vegan or vegetarians, and it didn't make sense to me. And that's why I started the Vegetarian Society, because 95% of animals are food animals, they call them food animals. So I wasn't going to dedicate the rest of my life to just 5% of the animals exploited. And that's how, why I started the Vegetarian Society. That sounds wonderful, Suki. I'm really interested. You said that when you first became vegan and when you first started to learn about what happens to other animals, that you went through a period of, of being angry. I think that's something that we all go through. I think it's it's really typical and we sort of don't we don't understand why what we know isn't common knowledge to everyone else. So um, I think that's very interesting that we sort of all go through the same thing. Exactly. And you know why sometimes when we become vegans, we're so angry that we flash out at other people and they think that we all vegans are angry. But they don't realize that it's sadness inside of us because they just don't get it. They mm. just don't get it. But then Absolutely. Yeah, now some do. Some do and, and that's what keeps me going. Yeah, that's 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 a really nice attitude. Suki, who or what, if anything, in the past year has had the biggest positive influence on you? I guess the fact that veganism is growing all over the world so fast, and I do believe we are reaching the 100th monkey critical mass. This has been my dream for a long time since I learned about the 100th monkey theory. And last year, a young lady from uh, Chicago moved to El Paso, and she started a vegan meetup. I don't know if they're all over the world. And she has been very successful with their meetings. She has over 500 members. Not all of them are vegans, but they are exploring the possibility, and that's good. 
also I found out there was a vegan restaurant in Juarez across the border. We don't have one in El Paso, but there's one. And I think someone told me there's two, two vegan restaurants in Juarez. And the, this vegan meetup go there quite often. And, and also in Tulum, Mexico, they have a three-day vegan fest every year. And they also have vegan restaurants in Mexico, you know, and there's <laughs> animal rights demonstrations all over the world every year. And I just learned that this year in Tel Aviv, there were over 66,000 participants. And I think that was the largest ever. That keeps me going. That's really nice, Suki. Finally, how can our listeners help you with your work on behalf of other animals? Is there a website or some sort of funding campaign that, that we can access? I do hope the listeners of this program, if they have not already, will take the time to learn of all the negative things associated with a meat-eating lifestyle, as opposed to all the positive things associated with a plant-based diet. First, you feel lighter and happier when you don't need the horror and pain that the animal endured before arriving at the plate in front of you. Second, you may avoid getting sick. A plant-based diet is proven to protect us from a lot of illnesses, but this is not 100%. There are other things in play that can make us sick, but a plant-based diet is proven to be a better choice for us. Humans are not natural carnivores. And we are eating the wrong kinds of food. Third, the meat industry does more harm to the environment than all the other industries. If we are concerned about the environment, switching to a plant-based diet is the answer. I read somewhere that a vegan driving a Hummer does less harm to the environment than a meat eating driving a bicycle. Not that a vegan will drive a Hummer, but I read <laughs> listeners would like to help me with my lifelong passion, switch to a plant-based diet. Animals are safe anytime someone goes vegan. They can also help, if they want, the Vegetarian Society of El Paso so we can continue our work of educating the public about the benefits of a plant-based diet. Our website is www.vcp.org. Or they can help lots of other organizations that help animals. They can find them on the internet. I'm going to start helping the Pollination Project. I don't, I didn't know about this organization until I received the award. They do an amazing job. They are amazing, aren't they? The work that they do and everything about the Pollination Pollination Project. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly speak highly enough about them to do them justice. They're absolutely amazing. No, I didn't know about it. I really didn't know about it. And I was <laughs> amazed. I went on the internet and I found all they do. Mm. I'm so proud of them. I'm really sick. And I'm so thankful for this award. I never in my life thought I was going to get something like this. <laughs> Suki, thank you so much for joining us and speaking with us today. And I'd also like to thank you for everything that you continue to do to make our world a better place. Thank you so much. You're so very welcome.